Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Up next, the altercation lasts just seconds and ends in murder. There's no rhyme or reason as to why it happened. Investigators can find no connection between the victim and his killers. It was not well planned out. It was not motivated by something personal. It was our worst nightmare. We had nothing to go on. The killers escape, but leave tiny clues behind. And that's just enough for police to track them down. There are things out there that can be done now that even us in law enforcement a few years ago would have felt that that's science fiction. That's impossible. But it's not. It's, it's a reality. On a sunny afternoon in June of 2013, an elderly couple, Charles and Yvonne Neiman, on a much-anticipated vacation to Colorado, stopped at a convenience store in rural Oklahoma to pick up some snacks. They were both retired. They have three adult children and several grandchildren. During summer months, routinely, they travel to Colorado for the, the cooler weather. Charles exited their vehicle and was helping his wife get out when a young man approached him. Mr. Neiman had a hearing impairment and and had a lot of difficulty in hearing. He turned back to his wife and asked her, what did he say? And I believe she told him, he asked for your wallet. Before Mr. Neiman could respond, the young man pulled out a handgun and shot him two times at point-blank range. The shooter then ran across the parking lot and down an adjacent alleyway. Charles Neiman, 77 years old, died almost immediately. His wife was nearly speechless with grief and shock. This was my first homicide. This was the first homicide in Boy City in years, dating back to the 80s. I was in total shock. If you wanted to kill someone and disappear, Boy City, Oklahoma, had some advantages. It's one of the most sparsely populated areas in the continental U.S., and it's also near a number of major highways. Where we're at, in 20 minutes, you can be in Colorado. In 20 minutes, you can be in Texas. And in 30 minutes, you can be in New Mexico. 
the victim's wife, who had no idea who'd want her husband dead, attempted to provide a description of the shooter. She told me that a Hispanic male wearing a dark-colored shirt and khaki-colored shorts shot her husband. It all happened so fast that other potential witnesses weren't much help. But the convenience store had a surveillance camera. The only problem, it was inside the store and not much help for recording what happened outside. We see a pickup truck pulling in to the pumps. You see a man getting out of the passenger side front front seat, opening the door and letting a passenger from the back seat out. That passenger then walks over to the direction of where Mr. Neiman and Ms. Neiman are located. Seconds later, people outside the store could be seen reacting to the sound of gunshots. The truck drove off, out of camera range. The pixels in the camera, we couldn't see a whole lot. You could see the tag, but you could not read it. There was definitely a driver um, and then a passenger who let the back passenger out. So you could tell that there was three people in the truck with only seeing two. News of this murder, a seemingly random attack with no apparent motive, terrified the local community. Nobody knew, myself included, what was going to be next. Is this going to happen again? Uh, Are they still here? Uh, Are they coming back? Local investigators combed the parking lot using what's called a grid search. At the time the evidence was collected, there were two 40 caliber shell casings, like spent casings that were collected. Chief Cobb immediately noticed something distinctive about these two shell casings. I'm a bit of a gun guru. I made the comment to the agent that that looks like something used in a Glock. And he asked me why I thought that. I said, Glock is the only weapon platform that uses a square firing pin. Three men in a dark vehicle in the middle of nowhere, possibly in possession of a 40 caliber Glock handgun and clearly capable of murder. Locals, residents, and investigators alike had no explanations. I want to say nothing surprises me in this business after 18 years, but this just kind of hits you like, you know, what in the world is going on? And so we had a challenge of figuring out what happened and why. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
Investigators believe the gunman who shot Charles Neiman was connected to the pickup truck that fled the scene. In an alley nearby, they found a black T-shirt. We considered that potentially when the shooter was fleeing, that he had removed the shirt in order to try to change his appearance, even if just slightly. Within hours of the shooting, police received a call from the owner of a truck stop in Colorado, about 25 miles north of Boy City. The man, Clarence Jenkins, had heard about the shooting and the dark gray pickup truck on his radio and believed he might have encountered the shooters a short time after the murder. But this would be before he'd heard the radio report. Mr. Jenkins said that at between 1.30 and 2 o'clock, three male individuals had arrived at his truck stop driving a dark-colored, roughly 2,000-model Chevrolet pickup. As Jenkins pumped the gas, he had a brief conversation with one of the men. The driver made statements that they were traveling from Louisiana to Denver, Colorado. And Mr. Jenkins actually observed that there were Louisiana plates on the vehicle. Jenkins was able to provide enough information for a forensic artist to create a sketch. It bore marked similarities to a sketch created from the description of the shooter provided by the victim's wife. Though Jenkins saw Louisiana plates, he didn't get the license number. Even worse, the truck was hardly distinctive. In this part of the world, trucks like this, pickups like this are, you know, every every other vehicle or five vehicles out of ten. It became like looking for a needle in a haystack. Analysts now turned to the one piece of evidence they were sure came from the shooter, the shell casings recovered from the crime scene. The problem was analysts didn't have a murder weapon to tie back to the shell casings. In years past, that would render the casings almost useless as evidence. But a relatively new piece of forensic technology, IBIS, or the Integrated Ballistic Identification System, was changing that. IBIS was created in order to link crimes that they didn't know were linked. It's similar to CODIS and APHIS in that you have a database and you're able to potentially link cases that you didn't know were associated with each other. Every time a bullet is fired, two pieces of evidence unique to that firearm are created. First are the markings, called lands and grooves, that are imprinted on the bullet as it passes through the barrel. The second are markings found on the shell casing, or cartridge, that holds the bullet. When the trigger is pulled, the firing pin strikes the primer, setting off a small explosion. That explosion is going to expel the projectile down the barrel, as well as push back on the cartridge case onto the breech face of the firearm, and what the shooter would feel as recoil. The impact creates unique tool marks on the soft metal of the bullet casing. You're gonna have a firing pin leave a mark, the breech face leave a mark, Whenever police confiscate an illegal gun or one connected to a crime, analysts test fire it and take digital photographs of the shell casing tool marks left by that gun. They do the same with shell casings that are collected from the scenes of unsolved crimes. 
These high-definition scans are entered into a vast database with millions of images. If we can link these crimes via the common denominator, which is the firearm, you may be able to prevent future crimes from happening by getting that gun off of the streets or getting particular people that are serial gun users off of the streets. As with the APHIS database for fingerprints and the CODIS database for DNA, the IBIS firearm database gets bigger every day. And the ability to track guns through the marks they leave on shell casings has grown exponentially. As a result, the IBIS database is so big that, at present, it runs only on a state-by-state -state basis. We enter an excessive amount of casings into the IBIS system for the purpose that, in the future, there could be a hit. Ballistics analysts put the shell casings from the Neiman crime scene into Oklahoma's database in the hope that technology might reveal their shooter. In this particular case, there weren't any matches. Nothing came back. And with their best piece of evidence yielding no results, detectives worried that Charles Neiman's killer would never be found. We had a cold case. There were no leads to follow. They were at a standstill. When the IBIS database failed to find a match to the shell casings from the Neiman murder, investigators turned to the T-shirt discarded in a nearby alley. DNA analysts were able to extract a very weak male profile. It was a mixture, first of all, and it was very low. It was maybe one in 19,000 people that could match this DNA profile, this mixture profile. But incredibly, there was a hit to a man named Mark Evans, a former Oklahoma resident, now living 500 miles away in Arkansas. He had some criminal history, and that was why his DNA profile had been uploaded into the CODIS system. Evans denied any involvement and said he had never seen the shirt before. He also claimed he had never been in Boys City, and all efforts to track him seemed to confirm this. He provided his whereabouts, provided, you know, family members and friends who he had spent time with around that time. But how did a shirt with his DNA get there? Analysts say the partial profile could match thousands of people in the U.S. It was not definitive that he was absolutely the contributor of the DNA on that shirt. Evans was cleared, and with no other suspects or leads... The case quickly went cold. There wasn't anything else for us to follow at that point. It's a very heartbreaking thing to have to tell a family. They have had a loved one taken from them, and then we have to tell them, we're not sure where to go from here. Four years passed. Then, in November of 2018, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation created a new cold case unit and decided to revisit the Neiman case. My partner and I reviewed all the reports and we saw that there 
The only thing that could really help us in this case was the shell casings. The IBIS database in Oklahoma had come up empty in 2014. Now, analysts tried surrounding states and soon got a match. When we get a hit, it's exciting because you're able to provide an investigative lead to the submitting agency. This specific hit was that times about a thousand. I'm getting goosebumps as I talk about it because it was just so exciting to get a hit of this magnitude. Kate came to our office and she said, you're never gonna believe this, but we have a hit. I grabbed her hands and we were jumping up and down like little girls in the middle of the OSBI Forensic Science Center. The match was to a 40 caliber handgun confiscated by police in Denver, Colorado, four days after the murder in Oklahoma. We learned that it was recovered uh, from a, a Chevrolet Tahoe occupied by two Hispanic males who were associated with a burglary uh, there in Denver at the time. Now we have the gun in Denver four days after our homicide, and it's recovered with two Hispanic males, not three, but still two. So we think this is, this is gonna be it. These men were located and questioned. Both had rock-solid alibis for the time of the murder. Despite the ballistic link, they were not the killers. So how did the gun that killed Charles Neiman end up in their hands? We've seen that happen many times when you're related in gangs as they were. Sometimes those guns pass hands uh, to several other people, and, and they just don't know who they got them from. A pistol in Boy City today could be in Chicago or Miami in a couple of days from now. And, you know, I mean, there's just so much movement. Stolen guns very often have strange histories. The task now was to track the history of this particular gun. All guns have serial numbers. The number on this gun traced it back to a police department in Port Allen, Louisiana. Even stranger, the gun was registered in the name of the local police chief. How did this happen? How does this gun, you know, end up being used in a murder in Oklahoma and then end up in Denver? I was like, oh my, police officer's gun. And so it bothered us, you know, it bothered me. When the police chief of Port Allen, Louisiana, was told a gun registered in his name was used to murder someone in Oklahoma, he had a surprise for investigators. He told them the gun in question had been stolen from his vehicle just days before the murder in Oklahoma, and that wasn't all. We also learned that that same day, a pickup truck, a gray pickup truck with Louisiana tags had been stolen down the street. There was little doubt the theft of the truck and the gun were connected. And the truck fit the exact description of the truck believed to be driven by Charles Neiman's killers. Then we were able to kind of connect the dots from there. In the driveway where the truck had been parked before it was stolen, investigators found potential evidence. There was a cigarette butt located at the scene and the owner said he didn't smoke. A DNA profile was generated and entered into the CODIS database, 
and there was a hit to a 28-year-old man named Zach Wilson. Investigators tracked him down. They told him they were investigating Charles Neiman's murder and showed him a picture of the victim. He began crying, breathing real hard, just crying uncontrollably. He was at, at a point on the floor in the fetal position, crying and just overwhelmed by emotion to the point where I had to get down on the floor with him and try to get him to calm down. It was almost like this big weight was lifted off of, uh, off of his chest to tell us, you know, what happened. Wilson told investigators that he, his half-brother Timothy Dees, and a friend named Jeremy Scott stole the pickup truck and handgun in Louisiana and went on a multi-state crime spree. Low on money, Wilson and Scott used the gun to rob a dollar store in Texas. Two days later, they arrived in Boys City, Oklahoma. It was Timothy D's turn to do the crime. The intention was for him to go in the store and rob the store. I think he just thought that this old man would be an easier target than going in that store. D's, just 19 years old, panicked during the attempted robbery and fatally shot Charles Neiman. His partners heard the shots, circled the block, picked up Dees, and fled to Colorado. In Denver, Wilson tried to sell the murder weapon, only to have it stolen from him. That put the gun back into circulation. But what the trio didn't know was that those two shell casings left at the scene of the murder would allow IBIS analysts to track the gun over at least four states and more than 1,200 miles. The IBIS system gives us the ability to connect the dots. And, and that's just critical in, in solving these cases. Investigators found Timothy Dees in Alabama, and he confessed. Jeremy Scott was arrested in Colorado. In August 2019, Zach Wilson and Jeremy Scott pled no contest to felony murder and received sentences of 25 and 35 years, respectively. Timothy Dees pled guilty to felony murder and was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. A random and completely senseless murder, the kind of case that often goes unsolved. But a discarded cigarette butt and a few microscopic marks on some shell casings ultimately told the sordid tale of who killed Charles Neiman. We absolutely needed a miracle, and the eye was hit. That was the turning point. Without that, we wouldn't have these three convictions. You know, they would still be, you know, out and about in the world. The forensic science, the IBIS hit, opened up a pathway that it could have led nowhere, but in this particular case, it opened a pathway that led to the conviction of the perpetrators. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.